was as if he kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. I was just kind of waiting there for the uh, Today Radio Let's Talk Sport jingle, but it didn't come on. That's uh, I reckon you were like trigger happy. I thought you'd come in to the show, Scott Brown. I just want to get the like, big man on. I want to get Gaston, Gaston. here. You, Not you, Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, just be clearer. Uh, I thought you were just what, coming in like... Uh, or, or, um, Who's the uh, like the, with the McGregor? The swagger. Yep, and that and the way you hit that button there with the swag was just like let's cut the right, chit chat. I'm in. Let's cut the chit chat. Moyan Goodnorvand, you are with Today Radio in Studio Four, Kirschberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. Myself, Nathan Snade, and over on the other side of me is my good old mate Scott Brown. It's the 10th of May. The weather's been not too bad. It's horrendous, mate. It's been lashing it down all day. No, oh, actually, it's lashing it down now. When I was driving in here, it was it was wonderful. When I went downstairs to pick up our guest, Gaston Parage, it was pouring it down. You brought the bad weather with you, did you, Gaston? Well, he, yes, exactly. He came in. <laughs> he came in like the hammer of Thor. I can tell you, Ga- Gaston is uh, well. He's top dog in the International Powerlifting Federation, so that's what we're going to. But the uh, biggest of all top dogs, not just top dog in Luxembourg, Ed top Honcho. dog of the of the of the world of the world. Yes, of the hundred and thirty-eight member nations. Well, there you go. Well, we're gonna. We're obviously gonna. Precious. What are we gonna? We're gonna lift our way into it. We're gonna push our way into it. Oh, slam. Good I'm trying to slam. think. I, don't, I always say dive into it, but you don't dive in uh, in powerlifting. It'd have to be lift. I'd say yeah, would be yeah. the word. We'll be using. We're going to lift it. off. We're going to blast off here. Um, <laughs> but uh, how? A bit of a random one. How does the weather? Obviously, it's an indoor. But you know, if the weather's bad outside, does that affect your mood, or do you just get on with it? No, I think if the weather is bad, it's better for us because then we are happy that we uh, don't miss any good weather outside, uh, and it's perfect for our sport inside. Well, just give us th- 30 seconds, uh, Gaston. How how did you get into powerlifting and when did you start and how have you ended up where you are now? Yeah, just to explain you, I have never done uh, powerlifting. I just came involved in powerlifting in 86. So I started doing, uh, organizing the trips for our national uh, athletes and then I became a referee and then suddenly they came back and they said, uh, you are now the auditor of the International Powerlifting Federation without asking me, of course. <laughs> so and then in 99, I became the treasurer of the International Powerlifting Federation until 2012. And since 2012, I'm the president of the International Powerlifting Federation. And this year we have again election. I'm the only candidate, so I hope there is no problem to go forward for the next no, four years. No one, no one dares go up against you, you know. That's not a, not a bad thing. Huh? Good, good good people take those roles. We know in, in, in administration, you know, so it is for certain people, it isn't for other, other people. And we, and we know in most cases it's a volunteer position. Um, in, in, in many aspects, but um, I've always got to have a soft spot for administrators. That's for that's for sure. You just um, uh, made mention of a word there that was quite interesting. You said a referee. 
Yeah, I, I can't imagine you uh, as a as a referee with a whistle when when. No, when it's not a referee like you have in uh, football with a <laughs> <laughs> with the whistle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's referee. We have three referees uh, who sitting two side referees, one center referee who looking the depth of the lifters in squad, who looking at the bench press when the butt comes up, the head comes up. If you go downwards, uh, have a downwards movement, and in uh, uh, that lift, it's easier it's only if you supporting with the knees the bath and it's not uh, correct so that's what we as referee has to do oh. i mean we will get into the crux of this i we can are, see us both uh, uh, yeah i'm starting to shake a little bit i'm wanting, both, I'm wanting uh, to know more foaming at the mouth you know <laughs> yeah, i'm trying to think of another way to put it waiting with bated breath that's a good one there nice. um but before we do that um as always if you're if you're tuning in nathan and i you know we make it our uh, our duty to spread the word of all the sport that's going on both domestically and internationally in and around luxembourg particularly with smaller federations the likes of powerlifting squash rugby cricket you know there's so many there's so much going uh, on in luxembourg at the moment and our job is to spread the a good word about it all but we always start things off um as always with uh sport and it's history in the world today nathan you got a few uh, few gems for yeah, us yeah i found a few gems i kept it uh, I, I limited as much as i possibly could this week but uh on this day in 2004 it was the laureus uh, world sports award uh sports awards in in um the cultural center of balham lisbon and that uh, that tickled my boots is because only recently, uh, I would think a year ago, I was uh, I was at that uh, cultural centre in Bellum and Lisbon. So that's why it, this tickled my boots. But not not only that, it was actually uh, Michael Schumacher who was the Sportsman of the Year, and Annika Sorenstam, Sportswoman golf, of the Year. Golf is that? Annika yep, Sorenstam? that's right. And um, actually, the other reason why it tickled my boots was that Team England, or the, the England National Rugby Union men's team, they were. Uh, the team of the year. That's interesting because obviously they won the World Cup the year before, but I know the year exactly. after England won the World Cup, they were rubbish. So exactly. Well, and then you go maybe. 2005 when they joined together, when they joined forces with uh, Ireland in the uh, British and Irish, uh, British and Irish Lions tour to New Zealand. So it was just England and Ireland went to New Zealand, was it? Scotland and Wales, and they took a well, collectively. You could probably throw a few more teams, but they took a good old drubbing down good under old, in those years. Good old rogering so down there, was wasn't it? 2004. If I move up the years, 2013, Joe Sakic, uh, he was hired from his former team, the Colorado Avalanche, as executive vice president of of, of, uh, of the hockey operation. Now um, we're hearing the Avalanche at the moment because of the um, the Stanley Cup playoffs, but um, the Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup three times. They won it first in '96, and then they got the double in 2001 and 2000. Uh, sorry, 2021 and 2022. So, is 2023? Is it the year again to get the treble? Who knows? Now, in 2018, it's a, a brilliant stat for you. Rafa Nadal broke John McEnroe's record for successive set wins on a single surface. Now, John McEnroe was on carpet, and he won 49 on carpet, but it was uh, it was Rafa Nadal who won 6-3, 6-4 win over Diego Schwarzman at the Madrid Open, and there's no 
um, guesses for what surface he... Um, yeah, he was unstoppable, wasn't he? Unstoppable when he was playing on clay, wasn't it? I mean, obviously he's evolved now. Incredible, incredible run, uh, that to win so many um, to so many matches. Little, little birthday here, Nick Heidfeld, Formula One driver. I enjoyed this. This is a stat I like. You know, we always talk about if you go into a, a pub um, or a bar and you could sit, you could have a quiz. This is quiz knowledge right here. So he is... So wait, I'll, I'll give it a bit of context for so, uh, first. Sorry. So despite scoring regular podium finishes in 2005 with Williams and in 2007 and 2008 with Sauber, he never won a race despite debut to, you know his first race in 2000. Um, but he holds two records: the most podium finishes without a Grand Prix win, and the most second place finishes without a win. Yep. That's that's good. That's a good one for the old pub quiz, isn't it? Massively, and he's actually forty six today. It's his birthday, born in nineteen seventy seven. But when I saw um, when I saw that it was his birthday today, again it rang uh, rung a bell. You know, and another great German driver that we used to that we were familiar with his name. But yeah, I just hadn't heard from him for for a long time. Um, this day in two thousand and twenty two, Tom Brady. Right, so we all know Tom Brady, one of the, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. He agrees agreed to a ten year. Yeah, three hundred and seventy-five million deal to be Fox Sports lead analyst. Yeah, so, but that surpasses the three hundred and three million the quarterback earned in salary during his NFL career. So he's actually making more money. Not playing. By, I mean, what a what a what a stat! What of an, an information? And the last one I've got you for you. It's another birthday today. Do you remember the name Missy Franklin? You know, it's the swimmer. Oh, I don't know, you know, don't know that, but anyway, don't remember her. But she won five Olympic gold medals, sixteen in total. Four of them world records. All clean, I hope. Well, we 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 hope, we hope so. Time may tell. But uh, in her Olympic debut at the two thousand and twelve Summer Olympics, she was age seventeen. She won the five medals, four which were, of them were gold. She swept the women's backstroke event. She swept, swam. She's she swept up, she cleaned up, um, and she's winning both, uh, winning gold in both the one hundred and two hundred meter backstroke. Her those successes they earned her the uh, World Swimmer of the Year, the American Swimmer of the Year, and um, as well as the FINA uh, Swimmer of the Year in both 11, 2011 and two thousand and twelve. So that is a bit of sport and the history in the world today. Well, there you go. But let's um, let's charge charge into it, Gaston. I mean. Powerlifting, three disciplines. Am I right? Yes, what, that's correct. Three disciplines. What are they? That's a uh, squat. Uh, you have the bar on the shoulders, and you go on your uh, down on your knees. Yep. And then the second is bench press. I oh, love me a bit of bench press. <laughs> huh? You're lying on the bench. Yeah, and yeah. Lifted bar down to your chest, and the third is the deadlift, where you take the bar from the floor over your knees. That's how it works. And then you have three attempts for each. Yeah. And all the best counts for the total. And, it, and it's a cumulative. It's the yes. cumulative yes. score of all three lifts, isn't it? Yeah, how do you think you'd go in that, Scott? Well, you'd, you'd power up. Obviously, you're talking about the bench. The bench would be your number one game. Uh, I've got to try and think. Like Or squat. You, you, uh, B&A, obviously, I, my, my, I guess my gym is to try and prepare me as best for, for playing rugby. So it, it's a it's a bit different because obviously powerlifting, we're only going for one rep. So it's a it's a you know you're going you go full noise, you know, hundred percent effort, isn't it? Or certainly working up to that, but you get a lot of rest in between, is that, is yeah, that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, you have, uh, as I said, the three attempts, and then uh, between normally when it is a one group, you have 20 minutes break to warm up for the bench press yeah. because the athletes need warm up every time and if it is two groups then you have already more time because it's two groups and then 10 minutes yeah. break um, I mean it's one of those ones you see benches are, yeah, any, benches uh, a fairly easier exercise to do because it is a case of you can either get it up or you can't sort yeah. of thing and it's um it's one that's uh, it's a big ego left in the gym because everyone loves to slap on as much weight as possible, um, but uh, it's a it's a, it's a like it's a you know it's a mindset. If you know you can throw up a hundred, then you'll always you'll always be able to throw up a hundred. The deadlift is to be honest, that's probably the ooh, is that the more more uh, dangerous one? I mean, it's, no, the, the most dangerous is the squat, yeah. uh, where you uh, have a lot of weight on your shoulders. We have now been tested in Denmark, where the Belgian guy had. 420 kilo and he go down and he broke two knees yeah it's not coming often the case maybe because he also not listen what people tell him what he must do but Mm -hmm. that was happened now it was even today in the build uh, journal and so this can happen and for me the squad is the most uh, spectacular yeah yeah yeah. it's it's impressive like yeah like nathan if i tell you to do a squat, you're obviously... What do you weigh at the moment? 90 kegs, 95 kegs? Yeah, I might be pushing 90 plus. Shine shade under 100. <laughs> but if you if you watch somebody squat with some serious weight, it's... If you've squatted before, I think you appreciate something like that. So obviously you were saying... Um, Philip was obviously completing at the weekend, and you were, what, yeah, what numbers? Yeah. What numbers did he throw up at the weekend? Sorry, did yeah, you say he he, he got three bronze medals, one in squat where he did three hundred twenty five. Like, mate, that is a disgusting yeah. amount of weight. Like, if I if I if I you know, so if we go into the gym and I stick on um, we stick on the barbell, right? So if I put five twenty kilo plates and five twenty kilo plates, that's still not even close to what this guy is squatting. And, then, and maybe a woman is coming in and they she do 200 and something on the shoulders yeah. and you say, okay, <laughs> okay, I go back home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so let's give us a little bit of demo because, Gaston, you've been a uh, referee. Uh, Scott, if I can just ask you to take a step back, can you show me the, the depth we want to get down to in, in the Posey's show? Yeah. The, so if you're, watching, if you're watching live, ladies and gentlemen, which I absolutely hope you are, we've got Scott, br- Scott Brown. Squatter, yeah, and, it's, and I just, just as for my sake... Uh, yeah, the point here, I don't know. No, okay, the, that's the, the yeah, axis yeah. of the knees. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get down yeah, there. That's a good. One. That's a good squat. Now, should he? Now, can he? Can you change your shoulder position as if you're holding a bar above? Because yeah, you wouldn't be I'm, in that position, Scott. I mean, I'm, it's not my. I'm. I'm. Not, I'm just. Yeah, but, but we've got yeah, Gus and we've got. We've got the chief. We're in the, with us. It's the shoulders back, isn't it? I've got the bar. You pull down on the. Yeah, bar. that's it. And, and you, keep your chest yeah. Now, now go down. Is it, how's yeah. that knee angle that's there, Gaston? Very good. He's very good. Looks like he's a seasoned seasoned squatter. It's my my problem is my hip to my adductors because I do a lot of in rugby I do a lot of kicking yeah. so when I if I squat with more weight that's where I tend to get a lot of uh, a lot of soreness yeah, in the you get stuck in, 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 in the there is a lot of people who are doing powerlifting without knowing that they're doing powerlifting because all these exercises what we do in powerlifting is exercise what you do for building up muscles on your body and so a lot of people do that and it's coming from there that powerlifting has started to become a sport how how's it grown? Like you talked about when you sort of 
you you got involved in it and you were sort of thrust into a new role and you know but how have you seen the sport evolve over the last you know sort of 30 35 yeah, I years would, i would say the last two three years it's uh, growing very fast because we are now working together with eurosport and we have 15 million of views wow. uh, at the tv and at the streamings and now it becomes really a popular sport uh, it's existing since 50 years L- uh, last year 22 we had the 50 anniversary but unfortunately, we are still not recognized as an Olympic sport, what is a little bit of shame because we should, uh, since a long time, be recognized as an Olympic sport. You were thinking, uh, honest, you honest, think honest, honest, honest question. Do, do you see that changing? Given that, you know, and I'm just saying it as it is here, given the slim for the ignorant given the similarities between weightlifting as well yeah. do you see do you see that changing yeah uh, we never give up uh, like an athlete is fighting for the medals i am as president fighting to reach that goal to become an ioc sport and there is one day nobody can say or find an excuse so that's what we say we never give up and yeah. going just, the way forward just just to build uh, i mean this is the beauty of this being able to talk on air like this is we can evolve the conversation and go off on a tangent but like what sort of things do you have to present to the um you know the 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 ioc in order to be you know even considered is it how many people are doing it how much viewership you're getting how many chill you know youngsters are doing it? how how do you yeah. how do you go about yeah, that? all what you mentioned now it's uh, necessary to provide the uh, results how many different nations got medals how many teams got medals how many nations taking part uh, then of course uh, all the commissions they require you have to be if you're going to our webpage, you can see all the commissions we have a women's commission lifters commission coach commission and so on so all these things we have built up to make sure that we follow the criterias for the IOC and then also we're working with Special Olympics together all these things are also very important for the IOC, also with some Paralympic lifters who can compete together with us, so we offer every time a platform for the Special Olympics as well, so and these are the things what they request, what they want, but we have done that also because we want to do this sport and then of course also anti-doping is very important, uh, we're fighting very strong against anti-doping when i started in 99 we was about 15 uh, percent now we are down under four percent so we have done a great job uh, uh, fighting against doping and this is what uh, people tell us every time you as a strength sport are a very good example so and with this example we should be also recognized for an olympic sport you got to keep ticking the boxes we share something very in common i'm from the small a smaller sport of, of of squash just just to play devil's advocate here obviously we want you know um what makes sport at the top level so i guess engaging is when it's fair so when two you know if it's two people competing or if it's two teams competing or if it's eight athletes running you know um uh, in the 100 meters final you want to see it all fair nobody's on drugs you want to see who is the fastest yeah. who's the strongest whatever that might be if somebody turned around to you and said what about if we just let everybody juice up in the sport and take all the drugs just to see how 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 fast how far how strong people yeah. could be what what do you, what do you think of that I would say I do not accept this at all because first of all we are an amateur sport so you're going fighting for a medal so nothing is worse that you uh, take drugs because it's uh, not safe and not healthy for an athlete Uh, some people get uh, uh, handicapped 
children because taking drugs, yeah. uh, some die. So is that worse for a model? I don't think so. Yeah. And this is our uh, message we give always forward to the athletes that it's not worse to taking drugs and to be fair and uh, fair play. That's what our, is our go- uh, big. Uh, uh, step we are doing to make sure that people don't take drugs. That's, yeah, that's, that's a very fair argument. You know, when you're am, am, amateur sport and you're not, um, yeah, it's, it is, you're yeah. not winning a million, and, a million bucks. Yeah, for it, and you? when I started in '99, and uh, we had the Russians and Ukrainians 100, 200 kilos away from the second place, it was not exciting at all. So I went to them and I said, "Listen, you have to stop with this." and of course, when you test your best athletes, you must also test the athletes behind because the people think, okay, if I do not take anything, then I can't take, get near then it. I lose my place. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. that is very important that you're not just testing on the top, but also under to make sure that everybody compete fair play. Yeah, that's right. We I know we've got this, the European small nations coming up in the end of the month, haven't we? And so that's going to be uh, well. What what we've seen has been very good. All, all of the sports have been gone through. Um, Allied will max. Who's been in the, been in our show, and they've all they've, all the most of the athletes have gone through and gone through that program. I know that they're doing it at Sport. Let's say trying to get trying to come down tonight. I'm playing a playing an event in squash, and I know that uh, it, it does get touted around that. Yeah, we might both be at a, at a social level, but it's got to be fair play yeah. all across the board. And important is also when you self as federation has nothing to do with it because we're working with CCS from Canada. It's an a- independent agency who manage all the the administration, but also uh, collecting the test, uh, deciding who get tested, so that we're really out of it and nobody can say Gaston has his finger yeah, on Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is for me very important that yeah. we have this independence. So completely independent. Yeah. So would you work with Alad, for example, the Luxembourg? Yes, yeah, but, not Alad yeah. in Luxembourg we're working as well. Now as we have uh, had two, 22 lifters in Luxembourg, what is a very high number for us, we have over years five, six, maximum ten. So we had our national and I contacted Alad. I said we won't have tests because we must show directly the people when they're starting that when they compete in the powerlifting, they must understand there will be testings. Yeah. Yeah, one a, a, a super approach. Just just to jump around a little bit. Obviously, in your position, you were. Uh, I mean, I guess the only way I would describe it is you're like almost like a drone over the top. So you get to see, you can see everything, and yeah, you can I see get everything. Good... I know everything. <laughs> Maybe the people sometimes afraid that I know too much. <laughs> but I think as a president, it's important that you know everything because you are the responsible person from all and that's why I want to know when one time somebody told me you must not know all I said I must know all you not because I'm the president I have to know all yeah, 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 and, yeah. Uh, but I also a simple person because I talking to the athletes uh, some coming afraid to asking for a picture but I go with them on the bad drinking talking normal uh, I stay with my feet on the floor that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, right a pleasing thing to hear but yeah. when, when we're talking about looking looking at the sport what's what's the one thing that you would you think if you could change it to try and attract ultimately it's about getting more people involved in the sport that's that's what we all want to do as a minority sport what's the one thing yeah if you had your own way if money or anything wasn't an issue what do you think would change 
um, you know, the number of people participating in powerlifting? Uh, I think the most important is that you uh, make the sport more popular and the sport making more popular was when we had not that crowd. I say every time, if the people not come to you, you have to go to the people. So we start streamings and uh, over the Olympic channel and so on. Now we are with Eurosport. So and this is now the right way we do and that's why now powerlifting everywhere is growing. Everybody tell me from National Federation, wow, we have now more lifters and so on. And I think that's the best uh, publicity to bring the sport to the people over TV, over streaming, and then the people see and they like it. And, they, and hopefully they come. Yeah. So if if, if we're, we're, we're moving on to a topic which Nathan and I love to talk about, so you can't beat it at these events where... You have these big crowds, you know, they make the noise, the atmosphere. It's it's not just with powerlifting, it's with any sport. If there's yeah, a decent yeah. crowd, it all adds to that. You know, we talk about the buzz or the vibe of, of the event. Now, when we had Philip on, I asked him, I said, if you could walk out, okay, in front of the crowd and they would play some music for you whilst you were walking out, he said he wouldn't walk out to music. He said he would just yeah, walk that's out, right. he did, didn't and he, he said he would just just listen to the crowd. What about you, Gaston? What music, if you were competing, okay? Which one I want? What music would you have playing to walk out to? <laughs> uh, that it's difficult to say because I'm not an athlete, uh, but I over the Tigers. For example, could be a, a fantastic one. Yeah. Uh, some music what make exciting the people. Yeah. Yeah. What makes exciting the yeah. people? And I would like to come on a little bit later in the show and talk about um, uh, getting in, getting involved because that's an interesting uh, it's an interesting one with with weightlifting. It's the crowd is silent, but with uh, but with powerlifting, we've got uh, you the, the the fans can can let's say. Hyping up the uh, the athletes, which yeah. is a positive thing. We'll talk a bit about that later. Just to jump in there, Nathan, we're just going to take a quick short break and we're going to play a quick little advert here, and we will be back in a second here. Let's talk sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade. Amazing research happens in the Grand Duchy, and Silux is the podcast that has all the exciting details about it. It's a podcast for people who love science but aren't necessarily science graduates. Featuring discussions on the latest scientific research and technology with scientists and researchers working in Luxembourg. There's a lot of room for fun and laughter, and a new episode is posted every second week. Meet the scientists and the podcaster, Hannah Simasco. Listen in to Silux Podcast, powered by Research Luxembourg. Found on RTL Play and most podcast platforms. Well, boys, we're back there. There's one you can listen into the Silux podcast so if you haven't listened in tune in to our uh, platform online if it's your cup of tea let us know um anyway as uh, if you're just joining us back here it's scott brown with my my pic nathan snade and i'm joined by gaston parage not farage nothing we nothing be, uh, uh, we shouldn't be confused with uh that uh let's just say that public figure i think before yeah. you know <laughs> that's the pc <laughs> that's the pc way to put it um but yeah, I mean, um, I guess obviously we've jumped around a little bit, but Gaston, how how the hell do you get into something like that? What sports did you play? If we if we wind back the clock a bit further, what sports did you play or were you involved in before before you yeah. got involved in powerlifting? Yeah, when I was a young boy, I was playing basketball and then uh, with 18, I stopped everything and then I was not more involved in any sport. And when I saw what's going on in professional sport with the money, I say every time this is the modern slaves 
to sell people with money and I said I will not think nothing have to, having to do with sport but then in 86 when I have been approached uh, for powerlifting I said first no but then I have been told that Marion Hamang is a world champion in powerlifting I said oh we have a world champion in Luxembourg yes and it's amateur sport and then I said okay then I will jump in and helping to for this sport that's the way I came involved in powerlifting it's, it's interesting to hear you because you've said that word a couple of times tonight already amateur and it's something that you don't hear thrown around anymore because obviously if we rewind the clocks back to sort of back well just prior to the 1900s you talk about when the Olympics games started and that was traditionally always amateur and then obviously if sports have grown you know started off with a brown envelope under the table for these what were called shamaters so shameful amateurs because they were getting a little bit of money and now it's all it's all professional and there aren't many sports out there that you could generally turn around and say ah Amateur. I have a nice story about this. Uh, I was in a, in a meeting with people who explained about Olympic sport and so on. A professor was talking and then he said, has somebody a question? And nobody had a question. And I said, I have a question. I said, what do you think what Mr. De Coubertin was thinking when today he knows what they have done with the Olympics? And I said, he's going like a van in his grave. And then yeah, returning <laughs> over in his grave. Who is Pierre de Coubertin? Do you know who that is? Uh, he is. I know, I, he I is the. Name, I wouldn't know. Though. I would be fair to say he's the mastermind who certainly uh, he, he started the, whole, the, the, modern the modern Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was the one that started yeah. it all, and it was you know the, it's a bit cliche to say it, the taking part that counts, but he was the the guru behind it. Yeah. Sorry, I studied this for uh, a school and <laughs> my sports no, science. So. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it's um, I mean, it's something you don't really hear talked about these days. Probably the only amateur sport that gets decent exposure these days is golf. Because if you've got the majors played in golf, you've always got the top amateurs who are playing, who aren't allowed to play for money. But if they're that level and they're able to qualify for the majors, they are then going to go on and become professionals. But other than that, you don't hear a lot about amateur sport these days, do no, you? No, not a lot. No, a lot. But I must admit that that I, you know, I'm from the era where I do like I do like the professionality of, of sport. But more than just that, there's also the the razzmatazz that goes with it, which why we were just talking before the advert there. It's the um, it's the it's what goes on. You know, if we were just going to go to watch uh, go to a hall and watch in silence a couple of boys lifting some weights. Not that interesting, but yeah. if we've got, but if we've got the, if we've got your walkout music, if we've, if we've got entertainment on the side, a couple I'm, of demis, you know, I'm you ta- like them, and I'm talking about the little the comma three threes. They don't have to be comma three threes, yeah. <laughs> Gaston. They can be the big ones as yeah. well. But a lagers, and you go down with your, you go down with your mates, and you can support and cheer, and that's another positive thing with yeah. the, with the powerlifting. The game becomes that little bit more interesting. I can tell you, I've been to some crap it's football more matches. Exciting, but it gives. Uh, testosterone to the people uh, to make yeah, Dutch them courage, uh, let's, let, let's as, as, as I said let's face it some of these football matches that we're watching some of them are crap some yeah. absolute crap we're watching at the, and they're playing at the highest order but actually why why are the grounds full it's because their four or five mates can get together they can have a drink or they can they can their Saturday afternoon off and it makes it entertaining. They got you know, fifteen, twenty points. So feeling quite loose, are <laughs> eh, you know? That, <laughs> but that. that's all. That's that's part of it, and, yeah. and that's what generates money. Well, uh, it generates obviously money, but it generates um ent- entertainment around the, around the sport. So that's why I personally I like it. And you do look at these sports like you know the NBA, um, in NHL. 
even even how the uh, football's trying to catch up in in the US as well. It's, it's funny when you when you you see a lot of let's take the American sports, the big ones, you know, like American football, uh, basketball, and uh, and baseball. Hockey, yeah. We a lot of the time, all we see are the highlights or the best bits. A friend of mine's just moved out to New York and he went to watch, is it the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets? And he was like, mate, it was crap. He's like, it's not like all the highlights we see on TV. It's, it's just not like that. You know, we're seeing all the best bits, but you don't see all the misses, all the stoppages in the games and stuff like that. So he's like, it, it's interesting how it's, you know, American sport has become very yeah. TV friendly. It's it's actually dictated by the TVs, isn't it? Well, because the of sport the adverts. I think it is Formula One. Yeah, I, I think also <laughs> it is important to know when you have the crowd uh, jelling and so, and uh, it gives uh, adrenaline. That was yes. the word I yep. before I mistake uh, the, the wrong word. Testosterone has nothing. Ah, oh, it's not adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I'm, I wanted to say, because uh, you see sometimes that an athlete uh, can continue, and when then the people jelling, then he gives the rest, uh, and then he made it. A good example we had uh, Coimbra Hannibal in 2012. He was 32.5 kilo behind on the last attempt, and that's nearly not possible to yeah. take that back. So he has the best what he did in that time uh, was uh, 370 kilo in that lift. But then he said to Ole, he had already the silver medal. I was the world champion. I once stayed the world champion. Put 387.5. That was a new world record. And because the people were yelling, and so he managed it, and he yeah. became the world champion. That was the most exciting lift I have ever seen in my yeah. career as uh, involved to be. That's involved. always one of our questions. Uh, isn't we always it? What's say, the, what's, what's, the, best what's the best thing you've seen? Yeah. The best thing you've that seen was in sport. Really the best, yeah. I mean, I remember watching the. Uh, there was a guy, a German guy. I think his name's Matthias Steiner, and there's a very. Weightlifter. Yeah, the very, it's a very cool video, Nathan. I'll send it over to you. And he basically, he unfortunately loses his wife um, yeah. in the in the lead up to the the Olympic Games, and he, I uh, look, it probably comes down to his last lift, and I want to say it was the clean and jerk. Yeah, um, and he throws up a ridiculous like. Again, coming from your side of things to, you know, putting an extra couple of kilos or half a kilo lift onto your PB is good, but, you know, a substantial amount of weight and there's obviously a lot of emotion and as yeah. you say, adrenaline goes into goes into something like that. Like Nathan and I are, are very much of the same opinion. Like we'll watch any sort of high level sport because you can appreciate what those guys firstly have gone through to get there and then obviously to really, to really amp yeah. things up from there is, uh, is really cool. Um, well, looking forward to the future. How do you how do you see the the sport moving forward? Yeah, we are working now with the university sport uh, because uh, you can start powerlifting only fourteen years uh, for the safety and the health of the athletes. And the best way to recruit young people is the university. And we have been recognized by the FISU. That was also something special. When we went to FISU, they said, first, you must be Olympic recognized. We went to the IOC. First, you must be IOC re uh, FISU recognized. <laughs> How is this working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then... Uh, I met the general secretary uh, from he's from Belgium and he was sympathetic to me. I was sympathetic to him. So I 
said, we want to become a member of the FISU. And they said, yes. And they are also very happy with us. And it's uh, the future we have now that we're working with the university. And next year, we have the first FISU uh, world championships that's the university itself who nominate the lifters yeah. to the FISU so and we are looking forward to get a good uh, FISU world championships in powerlifting this year we have a cup we, in between we organize every time by ourselves that goes by universities but uh, the FISU will be by countries but it, uh, the university must nominate the lifters but they must be members of our member federation because of the anti-doping to make sure that we get clean lifters there. Completely understand. Do you, um, or just one question, we haven't raised one of the one of the most famous powerlifters of all time, and he was someone that, uh, I don't know when I was a, you know, knee high, Precious McKenzie. Does he ring a bell? One no. metre, one metre 46. No, I don't know. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know Precious McKenzie? Is he a Kiwi? No, he's actually born in South Africa, uh. but he competed for New Zealand and he competed for England as well. But it wasn't that. It was Precious yeah, McKenzie. Yeah. He was only a metre 46. You know, yeah, he's yeah. not... He's not. Yeah, we uh, still have small, small athletes. Yeah. Small athletes. So, yeah, when you think of powerlifting, you think of the, the, the big boys. Your, your, your son, Philip, he's not... Yeah. He's a, <laughs> I mean, Scott was trying to sign him up for the rugby must team. Be a was, night, must have been a nightmare trying to buy yeah, him yeah. school uniform <laughs> back in the day. Uh, Gaston, it's been an absolute pleasure having you uh, having you on the show we've obviously been stalking you on Instagram um, I love seeing where you I mean that's the beauty of sport isn't it The place, I bet you've been to places you never thought you'd go to yeah. just because you're involved uh, obviously not involved but head you know top dog of the uh, of the powerlifting federation I don't think is it, are there many other people in Luxembourg that are that are inter, the, the international president of, of any sport I don't so far, I remember I don't so. uh, we don't have anybody. We have some who are president of European sport. Yep. Internationally, I do not know. So we are happy that we got also an office in the House of Sport in Maison des Sports mm-hmm. uh, so that the international powerlifting headquarter is here in Luxembourg. So we are happy, very happy with that. That's oh, well. fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. But as I say, Gaston, thank you so much for joining us. We will stay in contact with you. And obviously, we want to hear about what's happening um, in the Federation and also what's happening in, um, you know, in Luxembourg moving forward. Yeah. We wish you all the best. I'm going to put something on and you tell me if you... Uh... Yeah, next year we have the European uh, Championship here. They equipped what we had now in Tisted, so I invite you coming there. I'm in. Having We're a look in. there. We're in Ham. We have always in Ham. We over organising over twenty five years every year championship. You know the location too. I know exactly where it is, mate. Um, It's right next to St George's School, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to be part of that. I'm going to start working on my bench press. You you can see Philip live. uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) as he he goes. But um, yeah, Gaston, thanks a lot for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Cheers, boss. Cheers.
What an absolute banger there to finish. I haven't heard that. Yeah. Like of all the songs can, to be suggested. I can imagine Gaston coming up to that one. I'm actually going to go home and watch Rocky now. <laughs> I love, an, love a montage. Um, Gaston Parage joining us there, the uh, Presidente of the International Powerlifting Federation. Uh, very cool, very insightful. Never long enough to uh, to chat to these sort of guys, Nathan, is it? Well, it's uh, in, in, incredible, uh, you know, to have someone in our, from our small land be, being... The, the president of an international federation is is admire we can you know many we can learn we can, we can all learn on, uh, on on how he manages it but uh yeah what a what a great achievement and very clearly a very good man uh just uh, as always it's our uh, local sport um here's one for you Strassen has found a new coach for the 23-24 season um they've announced in a press release yesterday that Victor Vitor Pereira um will be the team's manager for next season very experienced coach um he started as a player coach for CS Milbach and he's coached in Sanvile Rodange Mama and US Esch so he's obviously done the rounds um he was the coach at Steinzel and Steinzel have finished up 7th in the 1st division uh on the rugby front RCL have a big ladies day this Sunday from 10am till 1pm at Stadboy Conan um, they had a massive turnout um, of ladies uh, girls and women aged from 6 to uh, up to 54 so if you want to go down and have a go hopefully the weather will be a lot better um, just tying, tying into that as well you've got the RCL Corporate Touch which is on at the moment every Tuesday up until the start of July if you're looking for a team getting comms they'll help you out Bouvet burgers beers and all easy peasy stuff. And what do you call the sausages? Uh, look, it looks first. No, uh, bush. But- is there one that begins with B? Because I was saying B on loads of stuff there. Also, shout out to uh, RCL, who had a big win um, over Cologne. It was a bit of a kicking fest, from what I understand. Um, points from Cass Yandel and, obviously, Toto. Um, they, they, played uh, at home, they played at home? Yeah, they, yeah, they won at home 15-9. So, you know, not a high-scoring account, but... Fair play to them. Um, so that yeah, but, but makes it interesting, them. actually. So they've got three games in hand, and I think they need to win these three games with bonus points, which they will do. But it just depends on how many points, if they can pick up enough points to overtake Cologne in the points difference side of things. So both they they, they will be the two teams in the semi-finals. Um, but it's whether you're going to get a home or an away draw. So at the end of the at the end of the the round, let's say they play a, they play semi-finals from other regions. So I'm actually uh, really to, interested to go up to the Bundesliga. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it will work because I know there's only three regions this year. So is it the top three, or is it top two? Uh, and you know, all play top a, two. They'll all play a home and away, or they'll nope, just go nope, straight just cut one out semi-final. If you're second, final. if you're second, you'll be playing away. If you're at top, you'll be playing at home. And who will go up? The top two teams or the top team? No, the top the team that wins the final. Yes. So you go straight into a semi-final. The team that wins the final will go up into Bundesliga. the Bundesliga 1 South. And then the team that loses the final will then play a playoff match against the team that finishes seventh in the first division in the South. Okay. So, so yeah, we a, wish them all the best. Uh, I think they've got, got a decent, RCL. they've got a decent, decent running now. A couple of games back to back, which is just what you need at this. Uh, As you said, that's the that's the key. Having playing back to back games gets you gets you informed, doesn't it? Uh, it's, it's a stop start, which obviously uh, which obviously uh, kills you. Um, Dish tennis, yeah, dish tennis. We haven't talked about a bit of dish tennis, but we had the finals. Ugh, well, we, dish tennis. we had the they had the finals, which we'll go on to. <laughs> but the Luxembourg men's national team they lost their semi final against Switzerland three uh, two on Sunday morning. Um, 
That was for qualification for the European Championships in Croatia. Um, they therefore missed the participation in the European Teams 2023, which we held in Mal, uh, held in Malmo. Eric Glod he narrowly lost uh, 3-2 in his first match. Um, and then he, but the interesting thing is he was at, he did actually have a two nil lead. Um, however, the old Swiss player he uh, celebrated a comeback to secure that match. And uh, Luca Mladenovic um, and Mal Van Dezel, who are the players two and three in the Luxembourg team, they subsequently each won their matches three one. So the Red Lions had a two one advantage. But in the second round, Mladenovic he lost three one. Um, and as did Eric Glod, he took a bit of a spanking, got beaten 3-0, and uh, therefore, um, yeah, Luxembourg did not qualify. But on Tuesday was the uh, first final in the best of three series at the National Table Tennis Championships and the reigning championships, Hostert. They did more justice to their their favourite tag in the, in the final, and they won 5-0 against the cup winners, Hoveld. Um, so the second final is going to be played at Sunday at 2.30 and obviously Hostert they have um, well they already have match point really going into that uh, going into that final final match uh, men's basketball ooh some interesting, interesting ones interesting one here. yeah well um, so runners up Steinzel who went down to Ash they have found a new coach for the men's team with uh, Daniel uh, Brandao he replaces uh, Etienne uh, Louvre who ended up his coaching career after the defeat in the final of the championships now Brandao was no stranger to Luxembourg basketball because he was uh, he's been already on the coaches bench in Basaraj and uh, Hefenig. Um also with that change is a bit of a change for Ettelbrook um, assistant coach uh, we met him Dragon Stepa, um Dragan Stepanovic, we met him at the cup final. Didn't that's right, we? he was assistant to, uh, to Gav, wasn't yeah, he? That's right. So, residents Volfa they announced on their social networks that uh, that the Croats going to take over their men's team starting next season. So, he was actually uh, from '96 to 2020. He was actually a professional basketball player, um, and amongst he's played other sports as well. But he's played in Croatia, France, Israel, and Greece. So. Yeah, nice to see. Um, nice to see an, an assistant get an opportunity. Absolutely. Um, here's an interesting one. Um, Hesperange have obviously won their first league title. They've won the BGL League this weekend. Yep. Um, which means they will play um, the Champions League football qualifiers, um, finishing top of the stack. Uh, they've won it with two games to spare. They've scored 97 goals, which is the highest um, highest tally ever um also but this is an interesting one so there's that currently in the uefa lawsuit which they're involved in at the moment um so whatever the standings may show um their entry to obviously european football might not be that straightforward because they're involved in a um in a lawsuit against the european football's governing body uefa according to the law firm dupont hissel the uefa's current qualification model condemns all the clubs of all the small EU member states to economic stagnation or regression and therefore to sporting decline. The club's board argue Luxembourg clubs are placed at an economical disadvantage compared to the clubs from the four biggest four or five nations as the qualification process and the prize money is distributed unfairly. Hesperange also make the point that the FLF's rules regarding player trading and employing are outdated and restrict Luxembourg Burgish teams too heavily. So that's quite uh, wow. interesting because wow. I remember chatting to uh, Philip Boych's agent about this and it's, you know, you've got to have the right passport and you do hear this a lot with, you know, these professionals, but they're playing, but it's with a 
some sort of role as well. It's not what I would call, you know, for me, a professional isn't somebody who earns money from sport. For me, a professional is someone whose livelihood it is. Do you know what I mean? They make money from playing sport, not okay. by playing sport and, and doing being, something and, and else. Getting, something. getting something on the um, side. So, um, so essentially, Hesper's problems uh, seem to be having to compete against clubs from their own country and playing in the competition that they just won for the first time in their history. However, the court case, uh, court case processes UEFA will surely not give them the warmest reception um, when they're... Uh, when they start playing, yeah, because that's in, not the case uh, in for late a lot July. Of the players here, is it? A lot of them are, are, are still working. Yep, exactly. So, um, mm. so interesting, you know. Given a little poke to the good, the good luck, and does that mean that we can have more talent coming to Luxembourg to play <laughs> to play football? Play some Champions depends, League. Depends footy, who eh? owns the depends who owns the teams. Do they want to spend more as well? Over to um, tennis. Um, on Friday, it was announced at the um, at the Bertrange community that they will have the tenth edition of the tennis classics. Now, I remember a few friends that have been to this event, and they said it's an absolute uh, cracker of a cracker of a, a night or two. Um, and due to because due to the pandemic, they had to cancel it. So that's been cancelled for the last four years, in fact. But on the eighth of February of twenty twenty three, four former top twenty twenty four. So next year, isn't it? Uh, tw- sorry, uh, yeah. Excuse me. 2024, so April uh, 8th of February 2024, four former top stars will be in action at the ATERT Centre in Bertranche. And uh, again, it's a very inter- um, inter- entertaining evening with uh, Mansour Barami. He's Matt- brilliant if you've seen some of the videos of him. Yep, and you, you should see him with Matt Villander. The two of them are, are just a class pair. Really? Yeah. So um, so those two familiar faces are back. And in addition, David Ferreira and Tommy Haas are two players who will compete or play in that exhibition for the first time. Um, yeah, the four games they were already scheduled for the 2020 edition, which, um, yeah, as I said, they just, they had to be postponed because of the pandemic. So get that really, in the calendar, really good we? to have these um, get, have these exhibitions in Luxembourg. I know we will be doing um, we will be uh, commentating at the um, at the Luxembourg Masters, ladies, in October, I believe it is. Late, Back for late, part October. two, haven't we? Uh, King and Queen of the Court from uh, June 27th to July 1st. King and Queen of the Court is organised by Beach Volleyball as part of the 50th anniversary of Luxembourgish Volleyball. This is going to be cool. With the European champions, Olympic winners and the best that European Beach Volleyball has to offer, CEV, the European Volleyball Confederation invites you to the Queen and King of the Court in Luxembourg. Uh, it's an innov- innovative uh, concept um, which has been uh, put together by the two uh, the two federations um, so it's uh, classic classic beach volleyball um, has two teams playing against each other um, and winning by two sets up to 21 points in this formula five teams fight at the same time on one court and the most points within 15 minutes Therefore, you must get to the king. So we've played this sort of thing, king of the court, but yeah. once you stay on that side well, and you just keep it. churning we do, through. But we do that, and you would have done that in so many of your activities yeah, at yeah. school, don't you? That, that that winner stays on. So this is really cool because we're going to have professional athletes Maybe, with, maybe with enjoying many. it a little bit more. Do you know what That's I mean? That's right, and I think so. I think it's going to be a cracking event up at um, up at the cock as well. I think um, on 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 you know where they had the big um, the small nation games in the sand. I think it's going to be fan um, really really fantastic. Now I've just added another couple of um, stories to 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 the topic. We've got you haven't got any big long ones like uh, you know the unlicensed boxing matches or anything like that ticking around, have you? The, the what one? The unlicensed boxing. 
No, no, I haven't. Ty- I mean, I, I'm sure I have if I do a little bit of research. But there's one topic that we there was well, there's four of that that we couldn't get on on our Sunday sh- uh, show because we got a bit too excited. But here's an interesting one that we often always uh, talk about is transgender. So, the cycling's governing body, who we know the U- uh, the UCI, they have defended its transgender policy after Austin. Killips won the overall victory in the recent tour of uh, Gila in New Mexico. Now, if Killips is the first openly transgender woman to win an official UCI woman stage race, the 27-year-old American, she triumphed after winning the fifth stage of the event. She also won the Queen of the Mountains polka dot jersey, which is um, which is obviously awarded to the best climber. Now we know many sports that don't, that they're just coming out, like FINA are coming out and saying they're not going to uh, have transgender. Who was the other one? I think rugby league was that another one? Was that another sport? And what was the other? Athletics. Sebastian Coe. He, he yeah, should yeah, recently yeah. come out. So, but the UCI they acknowledge that transgender athletes may wish to compete in accordance with their gender identity. Those rules are based on the latest scientific knowledge and have been applied in a con- in consistent manner. And they also continue to follow the evolution of scientific findings. They do say they may change its rules in the future as scientific knowledge evolves. Classic. Yeah. Uh, they're just covering themselves there, aren't they? Their rules will change around that. Yeah, the USAI updated its rules around the participation of gender athletes last year, um, and they and that was based on the serum testosterone, testosterone levels of two point five nanomoles per litre or below for at least twenty four months in order to compete in the women's categories. I'm surprised personally. Do you think that's uh, that in itself is a bit almost behind that? Uh, but outdated. Yeah, even yeah. though it's only just recently happened, I think that we'll see that change or evolve in sort of the next 12 months, do you not think? Yeah. Yeah, I just... I, I found it a bit, a bit updated. I actually thought the UCI were, were the same... No, not the same as Athletics Body, of course, not or Norfina, but I thought they, they were one of on the, the same... Way, on the same page. I, I thought that they were on the same page. So I think that makes it very interesting now because we've got some some associations that are one, uh, you know, are, are calling a shot one way. We've got other... That are, that are calling it actually if I finish off with the last two minutes I did see that the first rugby athletes took place rugby uh, a rugby match took place for the first trans masculine match so that's they were they they, they were a, a, a female and now, yeah. they were, they, now they identify as a male and they played their first uh, rugby match and I believe against an all, all, all boys team so that was the first team to play come out in the, in the UK just just recently what do, what do you say about that mate we've only got one minute left so you know let's let's not we'll, we'll dive into this topic again I feel <laughs> as always it's a huge thank you to the army of volunteers out there who make our sporting world tick like our guest Gaston this evening um, if you want to get in touch with us you can as always 6215251000 you can also get in comms via our social media platforms Instagram Facebook you can catch up on this episode um, as a podcast it will be up from tomorrow morning uh, on the RTL Play website Nathan how's the weekend looking you got to dash off to a squash match now haven't you mate I got to dash off to a squash match now and uh, my weekend is looking very occupied because I won't be in here so on the Sunday show you will be on your uh, on, on me lonesome on, on your on your oh I'll make on, sure on it's an out- but next Wednesday Julie Maynan another swimmer we've we've had a number of so we've had Julian before got a silver we, medal against yep, her so yeah we do indeed so until uh, Sunday sure sure, sure.
Let's Talk Sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade.